0: down and listen to records smell the
1: cover read all the verses tell me about your favorites on vinyl and vision hey folks thank you for tuning into the latest episode of vinyl and vision happy new year i know it's a little late but it's happy it's new to me um i have been on break for all of december um after the release of the hammer Party's episode in november uh, and the tragedy that struck with uh, Andy Newman passing away very suddenly. Um, I kind of just uh, decided it was time to take some time off and disappear for a little bit, regroup, rethink, and uh, resolve, I guess. So uh, as much as I don't like resolutions in uh, the new year, I had made some, kind of. Um, I don't like to call them that, but I have a uh, uh, resolved to come back in the new year stronger, more clear, and uh, more focused to bring more shows and, uh, bring you more episodes on a more regular basis. So, uh, with that being said, uh, this is my first episode of uh, 2021. Matt Trapp is my guest. He is a awesome, great hang, just a great human being, super funny, super great hang. We fucking lost it. I lost it. I'll say, I'll admit, uh, kind of got a little too loose that evening uh, speaking with him, and um, that might shine through a little bit if you listen, Um, but uh, yeah, he's just a really fun, great guy, and he's in a great band, he's been in great bands, Uh, currently he's been in uh, Songbirds, so uh, we'll provide links to their band camp, you can pick up their latest 7-inch release, which is a 5-song EP, And uh, they have a kind of companion piece to that uh, called 2020, which is available digitally on their Bandcamp page as well. I highly recommend you pick up both of those. Um, It's a great listen, great album if you put them together. And um, Matt uh, discusses Cheater Slicks Don't Like You. Um, Crazy little garage rock record um, from a crazy historic band that's been around for a very, very long time and has a huge discography. So uh, if you like um, Songbirds, you may like Cheater Slicks. If you like Cheater Slicks, you may like Songbirds. So I recommend you check them both out, or whatever. Do whatever you want, but listen to some of this music. It's actually really great. Um, Otherwise, um, what you're listening to is a selection of the Songbirds 7-inch, simple self-titled five-song EP, Siren Song. So. Without further ado, thank you very much. Do all the things you do with the internet. Please like, share, subscribe, follow us everywhere on all these social medias and on YouTube especially and, uh, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, rate and review that thing too. Everyone loves that. We all love it. It's great. And uh, enjoy. Speaking of which, I met that. Uh, cheers. Hey, here we go. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Um, I asked you here today in this year of 2021 mm. to uh, speak of an album which uh, was a influence on you. Near and dear to the heart. Yeah? Okay. So you chose Cheater Slicks, Don't Like You. Yes. Uh, this is your copy of the record. Mm-hmm uh which just kind of looking at it quickly because uh this is my first time really examining it it's there's like nothing here it's like (laughs) it's it's bare bones and that speaks of the band and the
0: you know the whole the whole thing there it's like it's just what you need it's it's minimalist and it's
1: yeah this is uh from cheap in In the red records yeah um i'll take a little photo of this later. I also wanted to introduce you. Uh, you are currently the drummer for Songbirds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this, by the way. Oh, glad you like it. Yeah, no, it's great. Because um, you do like it. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, it's great. Um, how many songs are on this? Five. No, I'm, I'm kidding, I know. <laughs> I know the songs. Um, as a matter of fact, you were recently written up in the uh, Cranston Herald by uh, good old Rob Duguay. Is that how you pronounce his name? Dugai? I don't know. I think so. Dugai? Guy. I'm suggesting, not So Rob stating. wrote... wrote you, yeah, Rob. <laughs> Rob wrote a, a write-up on you guys uh, for in the Cranston Herald. I, I, I already read this, but I can't remember precisely at this moment, but it seemed like he was right... He said that you guys had, were releasing two EPs this year. Yeah, he, Or last year, 2020, technically. Yeah,
0: I mean, we... During the absence of band practice, because you know, like th- there's four guys in the band, and we all have seemingly different uh, concerns about COVID, right? And but it all boils down to it doesn't matter what if any one person doesn't want to practice because they think they're gonna there's a possibility of getting sick and dying, then we're not practicing. You right. know, it's kind of like an, an all or nothing kind of thing. And uh, like we gave up our practice space early on because uh-huh. I was like when we start when it when it hit in March or whatever by April I was like you know everyone's kind of scrambling to pay the rent on this place and we haven't used it for a few weeks now and it doesn't look like there's any end in sight mm. maybe we should get you know and I suggested it to the three bands we were sharing it with uh-huh. and, and I was like should we and I was kind of hesitant to because it's hard to get a practice space yeah and I right. was like, do you guys think we should get rid of it? And everyone's like, yes. I was like, oh, fuck. And then it was gone. And I was like, oh, man, like a month from now, am I going to be really regretting this? Right. And, of course, it's been fucking 10 months. And Yeah. yeah I not... guess it was kind of a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And hindsight, yeah, I just hope we can find a place come 2023 when... When it's back to normal? Yeah, yeah normal. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Whatever happens. <laughs> back to open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, spaces are shockingly expensive for the shitholes that they are.
1: You know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that they are. I haven't really had to scout for one in a long time, Yeah, but, um, I was interested in buying a building for that, for that exact reason. You should totally do that. I can't do that. Oh. I don't have the money for that. I, I seriously, I saw a building. I was just like, oh, that's only $600,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't. I don't have the, the down payment for that. You know, I don't, I just don't have it. If I did, I would. Neither do I. Yeah. I would have, I totally would have forced my wife into doing it. I totally yeah. would have said, this is what we need to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, uh, but yeah, I just don't, don't yeah. have the funds. If somebody else wants to go in on it with me and we can mm-hmm. do some kind of partnership to create, to buy a warehouse, to do a, uh, you know, to do like maybe two floors of jam space rooms mm-hmm. and then one floor of like what I was, my original idea was. You know, I do, the, I do the record sales, so I was just like, well, what if I have like a record store right. and like a, a music store? So I could actually sell like the sticks and the, and the strings and the picks that oh, yeah, yeah. all the bands are going to need anyway. Uh-huh. Everyone wants to come and hang and fucking look at records. Uh-huh. So why not have like that be the whole first floor? Can you
0: imagine the amount of loitering you're going to have in that
1: fucking place? <laughs> Yeah, Bunch but of dead
0: beats. right?
1: <laughs> well, it's true, but it wouldn't. It, wouldn't it be fun? Like, wouldn't it be nice? Like the whole thing you were saying about, like you know, every week you would go out to to yeah you know Armageddon or or Analog Underground or wherever record store, and that's what you do. You hang at yeah. record stores. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, yeah, talk about music, see what's going on, local yeah. scene and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. like when I moved to Providence, I was blown away how little local shows had these amazing silkscreen posters. Oh yeah, you know, because like I I I, I drop. Flyers and posters and shit, and like I was doing pen ink drawings, Kinko's copy, mm-hmm. maybe on colored paper if I'm feeling rich. <laughs> and then like I, you know, and that was like going the extra mile in back home. Right. And I came here and I'm like, whoa, this yeah. is you know, it's like I uh, my friend Darren Johnson taught me how to silkscreen because so I was like, man, you can't move to Providence and not learn how to silkscreen. It's like a wasted effort.
1: So, actually, I wanted to ask you about that. So, uh, you are not originally from Rhode Island. You moved from Illinois? Yeah. Yeah, I lived in Champaign, Illinois. Champaign? Yeah. So fancy.
0: It's an incredibly
1: fancy town. (laughs) It lives up to its name? Mm,
0: It's sparkling.
1: (laughs) Uh, As you drink the sparkling, the the champagne of beer.
0: Ah, yes, yes. Oh, little keeps me home.
1: Mm. So, uh, when did you move from Champaign? 2003. 2003. So, I've been here a while. And um, so, what, what drove you here? Why did you come here in 2003? Oh, a girl. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She was living here going to school? No,
0: we, we lived in Champaign, and then she uh, wanted to get her master's degree at Boston University. And she had friends that lived in Providence. So she's like, I'll move to Providence and commute because mm. it's way cheaper than Boston. Right. And uh, and she so she left, and she's like, uh, you know, I'm going to get a place, and then you can come out. And that's what I did. You know, I came to
1: Providence. I'd never been here. And what did you know about Providence moving here? When, like Nothing. Oh, yeah? No. I, you didn't, didn't even, I knew she was here. You didn't even, like, look into the music scene or anything like that?
0: No. No. I was just, I was kind of consumed with my own partying and my own band at the time. And, mm-hmm. like, right before I moved here, I went on my, like, the only cross-country tour I've ever been on. And, uh, you know, I was just kind of partying and having a lot of fun. Having, right. having a really good time, but, like, you know, I was never one of those people that's, like, I got to get out of this town, man. You know, like, right. people got to get out of their hometown because it's crushing them. And I was, like, it's a pretty nice town. Cool people. <laughs> but I feel like I should move because would, I would grow as a person if I got out of my comfort zone of, like, the For place sure. I grew up. Yeah. And I'm really glad I
1: did. Mm-hmm. So let's go back a little further now. So, okay, so you're, you are were born, born and raised in Champaign, in yeah. Illinois? So what was music like for you growing up? Like, what was your first kind of introduction to, to music as a kid? <clears throat> uh, well, like, everybody my age was MTV.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I was like... I had an older cousin that was, like, way into Madonna. You're right. And, uh... <clears throat> excuse me. I, uh... I was, uh, you know, listening to the radio. You know, Run DMC seemed cool. Mm-hmm. You know? And then, like, the first, the first album I bought with my own money... Was Licensed Dale, eighty six ish, whatever the fuck it came out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when it came out, of, but yeah, yeah, early eighties, mid eighties, something Sounds, like
1: that, something like that, yeah. Yeah, it 80s. was awesome. Okay,
0: they had the dude from Slayer play a lead solo, play a, a guitar lead in their, in their big, uh, you know, fight for your right to fight party video. Hard. Right. I just thought I thought it was the greatest video I'd ever seen.
1: I thought it was all, all totally awesome. Which, if you look at it now. Kind of was like God. That's fucking cheesy as shit. Oh yeah, but it's
0: it's it's great still, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like hokey, fantastic. Right. Whereas at the time I was like, wow, these dudes party, because my concept of what is a party was formulated completely off of watching videos like
1: that. I wasn't doing a lot of partying when I was like ten. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. You had to you had to grow into that still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you sure did. Hey, yeah, I like to party. You you are in fact a party pig.
0: Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> card carrying.
1: So, uh, okay, so 80s are around, you're a young kid, you're listening to Beastie Boys. Um, that was the first record you bought. Uh, when do you start getting into the idea of making music?
0: Oh, not till like my mid-20s.
1: So when's the first instrument you played, drums? Drums. And when did you start playing drums?
0: I first started playing drums when I was like 22 or three because I, I had this friend last few years of living in Champagne, I had this friend Adam Stonehouse and he was really into all kinds of totally awesome music and we had very similar tastes but he knew way more than I did like he was deeper in yeah. it than I was and he was just turning me on to stuff left and right like the Cheater Slicks but yeah he got me into a, a, into a, a whole lot of cool music that I didn't know about hmm. and uh, he always wanted to make a band and I didn't play any instruments, and he was like, "Why don't you learn how to play drums?" He was a drummer, but he also knew how to play guitar. He's like, "Why don't you play drums? It's easy." And I was like, "Ah, no, it's not my thing. It's not my thing." And then he had this practice space that was like right next to the bil- It was in this building that was right next to like where all the bars and clubs were in Champagne. And I was dating this girl, and like I wanted to go. I wanted to impress her, and I, I was like, "I was like Adam, give me the keys to your practice space." Like, we're going to go fuck around on stuff in there. It'll be cool. And he's like, all right, man, but, you know, don't don't fuck anything up. Like, I, I, like, they don't even want me there. Like, he was sharing it with a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. He's like, I totally, like, wormed my way in. They don't want me in there. And I went in there, and we were fucking totally trashed, and we just, we didn't break anything, but we, I, I played this guy's drum set, and apparently I played it hard enough that he came in the next day. He was like, what the fuck? Who let these people in here? And did mm. you're out. And he kicked him out and I was like, Oh, I'm sorry, man. And he's like, All right, well you owe me. You have to play drums now. I was like, Okay. okay. And as soon as you find a new room. <laughs> well, we were just doing it in his basement. Okay. You know, in the middle of the day till you know, like you could play like that was the thing in Champagne you could play basement shows. You could play in your basement. As yeah. long as your roommates would tolerate it. And sure. like here you can't really do that shit here.
1: You can. I mean it just depends. It depends on how much you give a fuck about everybody around you. Mm. So, um, so, anyway, so, so I
0: had to play with. I played with Adam, and uh, that's how I started playing drums. And then I was singing because, you know, it was just the two of us. So it was like it was th- kind of thin. Mm. It was just a two piece. So I would sing just to add some, another. Th- you know, there's only so many tools in the toolkit here. Right. So I would sing as well, and that's how I started singing, and playing drums. I ended up really liking it. So. Thanks
1: Adam. Cool, man. Yeah, so uh, so that was the band that you were in that you said that you were doing the horror. No, with? no, that was like
0: that was I mean, I was still just kind of fucking around. I was struggling to play anything any sort of beat. Hmm. And then I and then I started a band called Deadweight and the Lost Cause with my friend Lucas, Luke. And um, and then we did a uh, like a like a 2-week tour. It's like the most tour I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I've consistently been in bands that don't want to tour. That you know, I'm like, this is a great band, we should tour. And Everyone's like, Meh.
1: <laughs> I don't know. You're not really missing much, I guess. You know, they ah, yeah. well, like- got. T- I mean,
0: and some of it's just the age and stuff like that. But like, I went on this two week tour, and I I had it was like one of the best times of my life. I had so much fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can be fun, but it's just not. It's not lucrative and then Oh like, no.
0: It was some eating peanut butter sandwiches on the oh, side yeah. of the highway type shit.
1: Right. You know? So but you imagine doing that, you know, six, seven, eight, ten times out of the year. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that way. Yeah, yeah. It's like it gets It's like, a young it, man's game. It sure is. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, it just it just grinds you, you know, like mm. uh you know the the, the few like, really great moments in between. Like, you find this show where there's, like, 50 people and they really love it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes it worth it, but...
0: Oh, yeah, we played some fucking awful shows on that tour. And then we played some, like, honestly, like, the best shows I've ever played and the worst shows I ever played. And, like, like I played a show in Bozeman, Montana. It was during the summer. So, they have a uh, college, but it was, you know, summertime. Yeah. And it's, like, straight up one guy showed up. Yeah. And he showed up because on the flyer it said Champaign, Illinois, and he was from Champaign. But he had moved away like 20 years ago. And he was like this hippie dude that was really cool to hang out with. He's like, uh, you know, we played for him. And they're like, right. what do you think? He's like, ah, not my thing at all, man. <laughs> but he was like, cool. We hung out with him. And, you know, it was fine.
1: Yeah, he put you up, all that stuff.
0: No, we ended up sleeping in the van next to the dumpster after getting stoned with these two like... 50 year old hags got us more stone than I've ever been in my life and then they had this badass Monte Carlo and after a while I realized that there was somebody in the back seat I was like oh there's somebody in the back seat of your car I think he's throwing up and she's like oh that's my boyfriend he's a skateboarder I'm like well he's throwing up in your car (laughs) and they're like he's beautiful I'm like okay
1: (laughs) even when he's puking (laughs) yeah I mean he was just totally retching
0: in the back of this car and they're like ah it doesn't matter (laughs) Like it doesn't matter to me. He, he must
1: be fucking handsome. Yeah, it, sure. doesn't, it doesn't matter to you. It doesn't matter to me. But I'm, that's what's happening. So, uh, okay. So then all this stuff happens. You join all these bands, kind of in and out of all these bands. Um, you end up. Well, let's let's mention uh, Party Pigs. You were in in Providence. I know about mm-hmm. with Chris and, Anziato, and yeah. um and Solid Dude. Your keyboard player was in Party Pigs. Too. Zach. Zach. Yeah. I don't know Zach. Zach Bryan's. Oh, he's okay. a cool guy. I'll meet him eventually. He's uh,
0: he's he's from, I mean, I think he was like born outside of Fall River, but like he lived in Boston for a long time. I met him through friends in Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, he was in uh, Turpentine Brothers. You know that band?
1: It sounds familiar, but I don't. They I don't were phenomenal. If I've seen it was it. a fucking fantastic band. Justin and Hubbard,
0: Terry McManus,
1: and wasn't he in the Kings of the? the oh, Kings of Nothing. Yeah, yeah, Nothing. he
0: did that. He played like a real sp- piano. And they took it on tour with them, oh, and like set it on fire, and like like he they they tricked that fucking thing up fire escapes to get it into buildings. I was like, God, that's a commitment
1: on club tours.
0: Yeah, yeah, like they toured extensively. They toured
1: Europe. They did. They were like a big deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know that name. I know both of those names. I just don't. I don't think I've ever listened to any of that stuff. Yeah, I'll look into it. But um, so then also, uh, so he was in Party Pigs with you. So um. So then Party Pigs eventually disband, right? Mm-hmm. And was Black Cal- Clouds before or after that? Black Clouds was before that. Okay, it was before that. Because that was with Glenn. That was with Glenn. And Glenn is now playing in Songbirds with you. Right. Um, Glenn is amazing. I, yeah. I, I seldom ever see him now.
0: No, I mean, he's he's kind of a a home homebody, you know. As we all are now. Mm, he He's especially a homebody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's... He's super smart. He's super funny.
1: Yeah, he's he's a great he's a great guy. Yeah, and so then the only thing to uh, to round out the Songbirds is a Damien Damien Perini. Mm,
0: mm-hmm. So yeah.
1: how did that like how how did Songbirds kind of get together?
0: Uh, well, after Party Pigs broke up, I didn't do anything for a little while, and it's like every single band I've ever been in when they when it finally is done, I'm like, am I done? I don't know. Maybe I'm done. And then like a little time goes by and I'm like, I don't know, kind of feeling restless, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, start another band, you know, and, and uh, I mean, I never wanted, I never wanted Black Clouds to break up. That, like that band was like, I thought that was, that band gelled and I just, I just loved being in that band. Right. And then uh, I always liked playing with Glenn and then, and then Glenn was done for like, you know, he was like, I'm done. And so... So then I started Party Pigs, and then after Party Pigs is over, I was like, "Glenn, you still feel like jamming? Cause uh, you're the fucking man, you know." Right. And uh, and Zach still wanted to play, and I was like, "Well, we need we need another element." And Damien, who's been in, around, you know, I've been seeing him in bands for the entire time I've lived here. Right. I was always like, "Ah, uh, that guy's uh, a phenomenal guitar player," and he's always in these bands where I feel like they're not that great bands, but like, he's great. Right. And then he started Tall Teenagers, which I thought was a really great band. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, ah, oh, finally, this guy fucking <laughs> started a band I really like, you know? Yeah. I mean, and some of that's just my personal tastes. Yeah. You yeah, know, he's, he's it. been in other bands that have done, had much greater success, you know, than I have, but yeah. like, it just wasn't my thing. And, uh, so he's in Tall Teenagers and I, I mentioned that uh, to somebody that, I think I was talking to to Shannon or Chelsea or something. And I was like, I was like, uh, yeah, I this yeah, saying Glenn's in, you know, Glenn's, you know, we're going to see what we can do. And he like overheard. It. He's like, what? You're doing a band with Glenn? Can I get in? Can I get in? And I was like, why do you want to start a band? You're finally in a good band. Right. You know, but yeah, he just wants to play with everybody all the time. He's, he just you so know.
1: always wants to do something. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Which is great. Right. I love that energy, you know? For sure. So yeah. we started playing, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's a great guitar player. And this is a great band. So here we are.
1: Oh. And so then, yeah, it just, great. it just all rounded out together. Like, the four of you kind of, like, eventually got in the same room together and started writing music, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, at first it was me and and Glenn. And then, um, and then Damien came in, and, and Zach was
1: always gonna come in. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, he wanted to come in like when some songs were done. No,
0: I, I there was, I can't remember, it's,
1: you know, memory. Yeah, yeah. Weed. It's been two years now? The band's been together for two or three years. Yeah, one of those. Because I think, I because Damien, <laughs> Damien was in here talking with me with Chelsea as the tall teenagers. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that that's the first time I ever heard about Songbirds because he had mentioned how uh, Chelsea was going to record some stuff for Songbirds. Mm-hmm. And she did. And that was like 2018, I think.
0: Yeah, so we had been playing at least a year before that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, probably like three. Fuck, four, time. Now, now it's like time.
1: What does it even? It doesn't fucking matter. What does it mean? Okay, but so you guys have been <laughs> together for a long time. You're writing some songs. Yeah. Eventually, you record with Chelsea, and that's and so that's like what fucking Rob was writing oh, about. Oh yeah. Back to your question. Remember yeah, when You yeah. asked me a question. I don't know. I, don't I go remember. on tangents.
0: You have to reel me in, dude. I don't, I'll don't, just, I don't I'll care. Just, I'll just fucking battle.
1: Well, cause I don't, I'm not good at talking either because I, I keep on kind of like, I have the same problem. My wife and I do this all the time we, mm. we're just like, we start talking about something and then we're like, Oh wait, remember that thing that we were like, we, we finished <laughs> so conversations. Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: the thing that sparked this journey we went on
1: was. Yeah. 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 And it's getting a lot worse now in quarantine. Oh my God. I'm sorry.
0: I, I was bad before quarantine. Yeah. I, I, i I've, I go on tangents. I, mm-hmm. I, I, it's something I've only recently been aware of. I, I go on tangents and I interrupt like crazy, okay? Because I'm fucking enthusiastic about whatever it is I'm saying, and I'm just like, yeah, blah, blah, blah.
1: yeah. And I like that. I like people's oh, enthusiasm. Well, so I, you well, cut well, me off and you say stuff and just talk, and I'm, and that's fine by me. I like it. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, so Chelsea was recording. She yes. recorded the first record. Rob was the fucking guy in the yeah. article. He wrote about that. Uh, that record that ep which yeah, yeah. is a seven song ep uh what's it called uh, I don't know the world is going fucking mad the world's going to fucking hell the world's going to fucking hell and uh and, and 2020 out to be very true well that's true yeah but that came out it's in always 2018 it's all true though
0: no see like we recorded a bunch of shit like i fucking hate recording like okay. I, I hate but i like having records but i found that a lot of times i'll I'll. I'll just do it. I'll do the fucking job. I'll record and then nothing comes of it. And it fucking pisses me off. Right. Because I'm like, I didn't want to do this in the first place and it ended up being for nothing. Right. But like, I, I, I really like just going to the woodshed and just like coming up with new ideas and new shit. Mm-hmm. And then recording, it's like, I, like I said, I like having the record. Like, I, I truly like having the record. Like, the seven inch I gave you. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited that we have that and we made that. It's It's great. It's beautiful. And like, the recording process with that was. Not terrible because Jared recorded it and it's, he's the fucking, he's the easiest going guy I've ever fucking encountered. So
1: yeah. Distorted forest. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It just, it just kind of, it was much easier than other experiences. Yeah. But, um, but we recorded with Chelsea and we recorded like everything we had pretty much. And then like nobody liked it enough to, to press wax. Yeah, You know, so we're like, I don't really know what to do with this. And we hemmed and hawed about stuff. And then we recorded with Jared. And we, you know, it's like we, we want to get these five songs recorded. Anything, anything else we do is like just extra bonus. Yeah. So we ended up recording a bunch of stuff because it just kind of, it just went smoothly. Mm-hmm. You know? So we took the five that we really wanted. We, pre- we made the record that you just showed. And then and then with the pandemic going on we're kind of sitting around we're not practicing we're not coming up with new stuff right. and it's so it, you know it got it gave me the time instead of going to practice i made the seven inch happen right you know i contacted the the record you know pressing plant and you know the the guy that makes the the sleeves and you know mm-hmm. it's like it's a tremendous amount of bullshit to like get these <laughs> fucking things done and they take fucking forever Right, because I found out. Because what I discovered is, uh, it, it, so one guy masters it, which we used machines with magnets, which okay. they did a great job. Seth, uh, Seth and Keith. Okay, and then uh, and then we took it to this. Like I, I call, I talked to Ben Barnett at Armageddon Shop. Yep, and I was like, who Who do I contact? And he's like, contact this guy to get it to get it mastered. And even though I've had it mastered, there's like another.
1: thing where they they make plates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So then those plates go to some place in Jersey, which I didn't even know about this step. And they they do some, the word magnets was used a lot. They they make something else out of that plate that then goes to the record press. So you can have like a thousand guys that cut these plates. And you have a thousand guys that, that press records. But there's only like this one place in Jersey that does this other step. So everything bottlenecks there. Right. And like, you know, it went to this place and they fucking lost it. And I didn't know they'd lost it. So I'm just, I'm just trying to be patient. I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting. And like, you know, like months, like two months go by and I'm like, Hey, you know, I don't want to bother anybody, but is this normal and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, I don't know. It kind of takes a while. So I call the place and they're like, we don't, we never received it. So I called the guy that cut the plates, and I'm like, they said they never received it. He's like, I'm on it, and they call. He like he wrote me back like five minutes later, and he's like, he's like found it, everything. You know, they just just lost it, but they found it. Blah blah. blah. And I was like, oh man, thanks for getting on the ball. Like I mean, you know, for my little seven inch. And he's like, he's like, oh no no no, that shipment I gave them had a fuckload of stuff in it. If I if they had lost it, that would be a huge financial loss for me. I was like, oh. <laughs> Okay, so it's not about mine. <laughs> but whatever. It, hey, you know, it, you worked, it, out. Done. Yeah, it yeah. worked out. It worked out. And it's good. just like, you know, all this bullshit, I would never have the time to do if there wasn't a fucking oh. pandemic and I'm stuck at home, you know? Right. So. Huh. okay. So I made, I, you know, so in, during the pandemic, I got that 7-inch made, but Damien also made a Bandcamp page and he put that stuff on there. And he made two EPs because it's like two different recordings. Right. And so like we just kind of had like this music available to the public dump. It's just like, pfft, right. there's it.
1: So, a... so you all, you put it all out in 2020.
0: Yeah. Basically. Yeah.
1: Okay. But it was all with the, the two, uh, five track EPs were both recorded in 2020. Because I know that the one that Chelsea did was recorded in 2018. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> sounds right. Okay. Okay. But so but so you just kind of yeah so you all dumped it in 2020 just because there was nothing else going on why not just just put it out you yeah back.
0: yeah it's do it's something like, yeah. it's just something to to stay
1: in existence yeah, yeah, yeah. as a band right you know? well that's great I mean you know it, it's weird how how kind of like uh, you know necessity kind of prompts these these sparks of, of uh, motivation and I mean this is a great great little record um so the other the other one that you did, I record at the same time. I assume the 2020. Uh, I just bought that last night, but it's only in digital. Right. Yeah. And um, and that's a great song. That's a great little album too. Like oh, a little nice. EP.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like one of the things I'm doing to keep myself busy mm-hmm. is I'm just pimping this thing out as hard as I can, you know. It's right. Like, and I've had some some success with it. That's good. Like we got like 200 copies pressed. And when you press that many, that few, I should say, they're expensive. Right. You know, so it's like I got to sell them at like seven bucks a piece to just not lose money. Right. And it, you're going to lose money because you, you give so money away for free. Right. You know, just trying to promote, just trying to get it in the hands of people that will maybe, you know, give it to this guy. He'll probably tell 20 people it's great. Or it sucks, you know. Whatever, you know. Yeah. Whatever, whatever he tells them. Well, you have gotten but,
1: some good press. I mean, you got Rob's thing. Uh, Peter Prescott kind of uh, heralded it. On yeah, Facebook. that was really nice of him. That was that yeah. was
0: unexpected and really cool. Because uh, I really like Mini Beast. Those guys oh, are fucking awesome.
1: Fucking amazing. Yeah, I love. I don't.
0: It. As a drummer, I don't really give a fuck about drummers. I feel like they're all kind of just doing their job. Yeah. But the guy at Mini Beast, that guy's fucking amazing.
1: I get a hard on every time I see him.
0: That guy's like his own psychedelic show. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: I just I just go to watch him really. Yeah. It's super <laughs> impressive. He's a really nice guy too. So yeah, yeah, that always Keith helps. right. Yeah, uh, yeah. slight Seidel, right. Um, all right, well, let's get into cheater slicks. Oh yeah. So the little the little that I know about cheater slicks because um, there's not really that much to, to, to find out about this record specifically, okay? So they've been around since like 1987, originated in Boston, Massachusetts um and kind of went through a couple of like uh band lineups for that first very early one. on. Yeah, for the first record basically they had uh, what's his name Merle G Merle Allen. They had from GG G. Allen's brother. Yeah, yeah. They had him on bass for the first recording and he that was very short lived like they And they had
0: some dude from like I think the Real Kids yeah. after that for like a minute.
1: That sounds right.
0: But yeah, that's like the just the first album.
1: Yep, and so then basically they kind of did without the bass player and just kind of kept the two guitars and drums. Yeah, it's
0: two brothers and, like, their best friend. Yes,
1: Tom and da- Dave Dave Shannon. Yeah, and, then and Dana Hatch. Dana Hatch is the drummer. Yeah. Correct. But, yeah, so kind of garage punk stuff, like, kind of has been known as grease punk Ooh, I all these I've never weird, heard that term, but I like that. Yeah, it's all these like weird little like genres yeah, that, are, yeah. that cover that that genre of like garage rocky, yeah, yeah. psychobilly type stuff. Mm. Um, uh. There's a whole bunch of names that kind of died out that never really kind of caught on. Yeah, I mean, I d- I would just call it garage punk.
0: Yeah, because I mean they're 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 full on like fans of the '60s garage scene. Of and, course, and uh, it's like when I when I was like I was saying my friend Adam Stonehouse who turned me on to these guys like he turned me on to the, the sonics the whalers like all those like mm-hmm. pacific northwest badasses in the 60s that were like taking the the garage rock thing to like this more manic level considering the times you know
1: yeah it, it's it's loose it's totally loose yeah, yeah. so that, very so, raw
0: so i i was like getting into that stuff and then after a while, if you really get into that stuff, I mean, I mean, there's just, it seems like the sixties is a, is a decade that just, you could, you could try to find sixties stuff for the rest of your life and you'll still find new stuff that just, everybody was in a fucking band. Everybody was, you know?
1: Yeah. Kind of like now. (laughs)
0: that's, That's probably true, but in a good band, I should say.
1: Okay, that's that's where they <laughs> <laughs> that's where they had the leg up. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, there, there was uh, there. I can't. It's so strange that, to think that because it seems like there was like it was so hard to be in a band back then. Like just you know, instruments were were expensive. Like they were not like they, they were hard cheap. To come by. Well, uh, cost of living was different. You know, I yeah, mean, yeah. like yeah, they're they're they cost like you know, ten, twenty five, fifty dollars or something. But that's from the cost of living. I mean, you're you're earning. How much, like a week? like yeah, Well, I mean,
0: it's like I mean that's just going into the whole economics of America at that time. It's like cars right. were cheap, houses were cheap. You know, it was right. a, it was a good time to be an American. You know, if you're white.
1: <laughs> you know, that, like, that's anytime. Yeah, well, that's was, not not just them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, like people in middle class homes had summer homes. You know, that's not a that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, it's so weird. You know, like
1: you'd have a beach house and that wasn't like that wasn't a sign of
0: wealth it was just like oh you have a job right so you could afford a summer home or a beach house you know now that's
1: a sign of total wealth wealth. total wealth yeah guys are fucking living it up (laughs) (laughs) so where's your beach house ah same place that's my winter house it's my it's my summer and winter home it's my all
0: purpose house When when I was getting all that all that 60s stuff, I was also getting into like the 90s garage kind of punk revival, mm. Oblivions, Gories, Cheater Slicks. That was kind of like my holy trinity at the time. You know, I was just like just kind of like raw blues punk stuff. And it and uh thinking about this conversation we're having, uh, you know, I was just kind of thinking to myself, like, what is it about, you know, because when when I was offered this opportunity, and thank mm-hmm. you by the way.
1: Oh of course.
0: Um Thank you. To come and just like grab a microphone and spill my purse about my favorite favorite fucking album. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, it was hard to choose. I'm sure. It's it really hard, hard to
1: choose. It always is hard. You know,
0: the first thing you said was like, Don't choose funhouse. Everybody chooses funhouse. Well I I, was,
1: I can't keep on doing that record. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I totally understand. I'm like, Oh yeah, that everybody Yeah, it seems like a yeah, it's a great fucking record. I think that's a lot of people's go to. Like as soon as you, yeah. you ask they're like, What about Funhouse? I'll be like <laughs> yeah, like the tenth guy that wants Funhouse. Mm-hmm.
0: So you should be like, so besides Funhouse, what's your next favorite record? Right. And it's like, and it's, so I, I, know, I went through this like mental voyage where I was like trying to think, you know, like what 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 were the bands I heard at what time and what influence did that have? And it came down to like a few that I had to really choose between, and one, uh, like like Ween was one of them that like I heard in mm. high school, and I was like what the fuck is this? It, every song's like another band, you know, like it's totally bizarre. Right. These guys are on, on all kinds of the right drugs. And that's another thing. When you identify, when, when you're like, well, at least for me, it's like when you're like doing a bunch of drugs in the, like your teens and 20s and you're hearing music, you're like, oh, these guys do the same drugs I do, you know? And then you're like, you hear something else, you're like, ah, those guys are doing different drugs than me. I don't, I don't, know what, I don't get yeah. that. I don't right. know what they're doing, huh. you know? Strange. Like I don't get rave music. No. I don't do those drugs. Yeah, no. I you don't know, do but that. I bet if I did those drugs, maybe I'd understand it better. You might like the rave. Yeah, <laughs> for <know>? sure. <laughs> but like, uh, so I, so like, it's uh, so like, Ween was one. Mud Honey definitely was like the first. Hmm. Was was like you know pre Nirvana. It was like the first like grunge band I ever heard, and then <clears throat> the next band that like really was like made a huge impact on me was the John Spencer Blues Explosion.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I heard that. Uh, a friend of mine worked at a record store. I remember he picked me up in his mom's like Astro. You remember the Chevy Astro vans? Weird. And he had this three song cassette that was like a record store promotional thing. Yeah. And it was for uh, extra width. Oh. And wow. he's like, he picked me up and in, in the car and we're taking off. I'm like, like, before we even got like out of my driveway, I was like, what the fuck is this? This is amazing. You know? And it's like, it's like all the sounds you wanted, but you didn't know you wanted them. You know? Yeah. I was like, uh, tell me more about this What what is this what's going on here right. and and in the garage punk scene people love John Spencer and fucking hate him so it's kind of it's he's like this really controversial hmm. artist in that scene because pe- a lot of people see him as a total fucking hack and real corny right and then other people are like oh, I don't know man it sounds awesome to me. Yeah, and I belong to the I don't know, man. Sounds fucking awesome to me, crew. <laughs> and uh and that's why this album is great because he produced it.
1: Yes, and so
0: it's produced by John Spencer. It's got he's all over the fucking thing. I mean, he's and which is why it, it's a really interesting album because the Cheer Slicks didn't like this album. Like right when it got when it got put out, they're like, this isn't really what we sound like. Yeah, you know? and John Spencer, there's like a whole song with just John Spencer just kind of like sit, like talking over it. Right. And, I mean, whatever. I think it sounds cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm down with Camp Spencer, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that's definitely something I wanted to, to mention. So let's go ahead and put on a little bit of the first track, Feel Free. Hmm. All right, so that was Feel Free. So, like you were saying about, you know, this being produced by John Spencer, um, he's all over it. And have you listened to some of the other records by Cheater Slicks, or is this the only oh, one? Oh, yeah, I own, like... You own all of them? ...fucking 15 records, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, that, so obviously, you know their catalog, you know what, yeah, yeah. what they really sound like.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think it's so drastically off that it's, like, a bad representation. I feel like it... I think it's their most successful record because John Spencer's name's on it and i think that you know they went from like pretty much total obscurity hmm. to being on on a record store in every cool record store in 1995 right. and they're like you know every everyone's so guarded about their sound you know i mean i can i can understand that like you know your band you've played with these guys for fucking years mm-hmm. and then some guy produces you and they puts out this record and you're like that's not even what we fucking sound like but hmm. but if you could have a little You know, if you could stand back from the situation and look at it and be like, that's a fucking killer record. And I happen to know, because I'm from a future time, you're going to put out 15 fucking albums. So your sound is going to be represented, you know?
1: Right, right. And
0: they ended up putting out, in in my opinion, their worst album right after this, which was a a double CD. Hmm. So I don't think it's even on record because it'd be like four records or something. Hmm. And it's like, there's like three good songs on it. Oh. And it's, I th- I think they just like desperately wanted to capitalize on that success of that record and get their sound out. Right. You know, is, is my guess. I don't know these dudes. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's like, it's like their most successful record came out, which I like a whole lot. I liked the albums before them. Uh, and then like their worst album came out. Just a fucking ton of songs that like nobody edited anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, like you know like let's not make this a double cd let's yeah. make this an album and it'll be cool right but it's just like 50 fucking songs or some shit Jesus. and then uh th- that could be a huge exaggeration but and then and then every album after that i think is really great
1: okay you know
0: and av- every album before cheers Licks, don't like you is really good their first album is is not my favorite of their albums mm-hmm. but like from the second album on you can't go wrong they're all great
1: yeah yeah I've listened to some of them I've listened to uh refried dreams yeah yeah I've it's listened got that song in this town I love that fucking song it's it's a pretty good album and and I think that it sounds completely different from this one
0: yeah yeah
1: um yeah in I... this
0: town's this great song it sounds like you're tripping while you're drunk <laughs> like <laughs> like
1: yeah say they do the same drugs as me what can I say there you go yeah. that's why you love them so much so uh and then I also listened to your last album yeah uh that one's good Uh, i remember reading an article that ended up on the floor over here about uh about they mentioned that record being the one that was the most depressing so i was just like oh i gotta listen to that (laughs) because those are the drugs that i'm because these are uplifting (laughs) times and you can take a little depression no i I, well first of all i've been listening to this like for for you know i've been listening to this a lot lately so so you know i figured i could i could you could take it i could take the time Uh to like you know, change the mood a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's not that different. It's just a little like more droney, you know, it's still kind of yeah. got the same style. It's still the same style of music. It's just a little, it's a, it's a little louder, like, like it's beefed up guitars mm-hmm. and it's just a little slower. Yeah. That's kind of pretty much it. I guess the lyrical content's a little, little dismal, but yeah. I don't really listen to to words for the most part.
0: Well, I think one of the great things about this band that I heard, especially at the time that I was introduced to it, you know, I was, I was, like, I'd just been forced to play the drums a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, like, i would forced to pl- to sing a little bit. And I think that the, the the whole appeal to all the lo-fi bands in general is it's it seems so obtainable. Yeah. Like, this is, I could do this. Yeah. You know, you listen to, like, a Michael Jackson album, and you're like, well, this is, like, production out the ass. And this guy could sing like a motherfucker. You know, like, this is... This is rock god-level stuff. Or, right. You know, showbiz-level stuff. And then you listen to Cheater Slicks. And even, like, John Spencer. It's like, okay, like, Judah Bauer, Russell Simmons. Like, those guys are phenomenal players. Hmm. And then John Spencer brings all the swagger, right. you know? And, uh, and he's got a good voice, too. Yeah. And then, and you know, so I was really into those guys. And then, uh, and then I found out about the Cheater Slicks, and it's like, this is something I could... Not that I could play these songs right now, but I could fathom playing these songs mm. this good. Their singing isn't that great. Like, no. they, they don't have good voices. No. But they, they're not. genuine. Yeah. You know, they're like real deal. Sing- There's some songs where I'm like, I fucking applaud the bravery of this <laughs> dude. He's just like belting out these songs, you know, like holding notes. That not are, Not holding notes. Well. Smearing notes. Okay. He's holding a sound yeah you know you know he's yeah. like he's not just like barking words
1: right you know he's like trying to sing yeah yeah and it's that it's that putting like, like overextending yourself yeah singing wise it's where, so it's so raw it's yeah. so fucking raw like he, he cracks in a couple of places and it's just oh, yeah. and they just leave it because it's just that's that's just how he's gonna do it
0: yeah and even when he does it well it's still shit yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> like he's not a good singer. And you know, I I was on the impression that Dana Hatch sang a bunch of songs because he's credited for vocals on it. Yeah. And I found out later that he only sings like one or two of them on this album. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, in in any other albums, oh, like okay. he sings he sings a few. Right. And uh, I thought I thought that was really cool because I I was hey I'm a drummer I I just sang a song, and uh, yeah I I could do this you know mm-hmm. like I I could contribute to this and it's like. Uh, the idea of of being in a band and do, playing drums and singing it's like i'm doing everything i can do you know mm-hmm. and I, I like that idea i like everybody in the band to sing personally
1: yeah you yeah. know so that's what that's what songbirds is doing right now because mm-hmm. uh, everyone is credited as singing though i zach listening... doesn't sing a song
0: on uh on the seven inch okay but i think he might do one on chelsea's recordings Okay. He sang one song at one point, and then we just kind of stopped playing that song. Because it was that bad? No. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember why. But okay. uh, I don't think he cares, that we're,
1: you know, to not sing. So who sings the song, Time Pulls the Trigger? Uh, Damien. That's Damien. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to figure it out because, like, you know, I don't know Damien's singing voice aside from, like, the songs in, in uh, Tall Teenagers – and even listening to that, there's so much like joint harmony with Chelsea that yeah. it kind of yeah it works really well together. It, yeah, no, it's great. But it, so it kind of just uh, clouds his like the actual sound of his voice. So I kind of can't I couldn't make it out too well. And and, it, and he doesn't sound like himself when he sings. I guess oh, he's, yeah? he's got a different like tone to his voice when he sings. Hmm. So that's why I couldn't figure out who that was singing. I couldn't figure out who was singing these songs unless it was you. Because I know yeah. your voice, I'm just like, okay, that's Matt. Yeah, and I love those songs. All those songs are super fun. Oh, well. So that f- was, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was actually going to be one of my questions. Was like, so how do you guys write songs, and like who, like who writes the songs? We all do. Together.
0: Yeah, we all we all do. So um, how do you decide? Who generally, sings some of you some of you'll come in with a riff. Yeah. You know, it's generally uh, some. Sometimes it's a lot of spontaneity. Like I say, like I I love being in the woodshed. I love yeah. just. Like we're in here, we a beat happens, a riff happens, some, something starts and some, some people join in and it either becomes monotonous and boring and we bail on it mm-hmm. or it really fucking comes into something. And sometimes we've got like these bizarre occasions where I'm like, was somebody fucking recording that? Because that doesn't even sound like it came from this band at all, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, a 30 second tidbit we'll have a recording of and we're like, I don't even know what to do with this. Yeah, and we, you know, sometimes we don't do anything with it, but it's just mm-hmm. like that's that's the fun shit for me. Right. It's like this sounds like a
1: fucking disco band. Like So, you know, so like, where the fuck how that do you come from? how do you decide who sings the song? Uh,
0: some of it's like I came up with the song. Here's the riff. I don't know where to go with it, but I've got some lyrics. Or we'll jam and someone just starts singing, even if they don't have quote unquote lyrics. They know how the the melody's gonna go yeah. and they just start kind of barking it out there even if some of the words are just a repetition or fluff fluff total fluff that's yeah. a good word for it <laughs> yeah, and it's like you know like there's been like Time Pulls the Trigger was an example of a song that we played and that's unlike all of our other songs it's very different from all of our dude, songs
1: dude it's it's the free bird of the song yeah 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 long. it's
0: like we've <laughs> we only played that song live like two or three times and everyone's like where the fuck did that thing come from Came from Leonard Skinner. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That
1: was your inspiration. I could tell.
0: No. But uh, <laughs> but it was like one of those things where like we played it, and people were like, and you know the band was like, oh that was kind of weird, kind of cool. And I I was like, I, I really like that. I'm gonna write lyrics for it because I want to keep. Because if I write lyrics for it, then we then we have to play it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I came in, and I was like, I got some lyrics for that. And David's like, I got some lyrics too. I'm like, cool, go with yours. You know, like there's some songs where I'm like, I don't know, man. I think I, I got a grip on this thing. And I, I, yeah. that one I was like, I, I just wanted it to exist. Right. And I wasn't real super confident in my lyrics. And he oh, was okay. like, I got some lyrics too. I'm like, Psh, you're the man. Cool. Go for it. And that's... they ended up being infinitely better than my lyrics anyway.
1: And we'll, uh, we'll never know now, but that's. Uh, oh, we do know. <laughs> All right.
0: And, and I, I like the fact that uh, he sings very different than I do,
1: you know. Yeah, well, I mean, like, so, so you're saying that everyone kind of takes a crack at singing in the mm-hmm. band. So, yeah, Glenn sings a song on that seven-inch. Yeah, so I can't it's tell who. Awesome. I can't tell who's who. I can only tell that maybe it's somebody different. I love that, and that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's that's it, a success. Yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, let's get into the next song. Uh-huh. There's that's a girl. That. Fun song for sure. So there's a girl. Um, absolutely fucking fun song. Uh, very it's got rocking. Great, it's
0: got these great guitar like
1: like sounds like mm-hmm.
0: like uh, Dave Shannon is the lead guitar player. I would say he does the solos. He does the solos. He okay. he's he doesn't sing, and the guys the guys fucking awesome. He's a really good guitar player, and uh, I think. I think between John Spencer and Cheer Slicks, it must have formed my. I don't ever need to play with a bass player, like I've, tell, I've yeah. never been in a band with a bass player, and yeah, and makes so, sense.
1: sounds sounds about right. And then everybody been
0: I've been in a band with is like yeah you have been because like in Black Clouds Glenn played guitar but he's like I I play bass you know <laughs> I was like no but it's on a guitar so you could do other shit which right. which he would do. Yes. Like, see, you can't do that on a fucking bass, and he's like, "All right, whatever." Techni- technically, well,
1: yeah, it kind of it's like the it's like the um, Judah Bauer thing of the of the blues explosion, where uh-huh. he is it him that does the bass lines. No, Judah Bauer was the the talent. He's know? the lead. Okay, and so, then, it's, so and it's then John Spencer would
0: would lay down a rhythm and like all kinds of skronk and wails right. and shit. Right. But, but so he
1: basically does, like, the, the thudded out, like, bass line that's kind of like, you know, the rhythm with, with the drums. Yeah. Because there's definitely, like, a bass line, even though it's played on well, guitar. I mean,
0: it's kind of weird. John is an anomaly in the three beats because it's basically Judah Bauer and Russell Simmons playing and then John Spencer just kind of adding whatever. Hmm. You know, I mean, in the recordings it's a little different, but if you've ever seen him live, it's like, there's, like, there's occasions, there's, like, halfway through a song he still hasn't touched his guitar. You know, or he's just like left it humming, so it's right. got the feedback quality going, yeah. which is fucking cool. I mean, it's yeah. just you know, you could do that when you got an awesome two piece behind you. Yeah,
1: you know. Yeah. And I never got to see them play live. Oh yeah. So they um, played at the
0: uh, German club yes. in Pawtucket, and they, I mean, like I saw them a bunch of times when I lived in Illinois. I went up to Chicago and saw them a bunch of times. Oh, okay. And I was like, you know, during like the Matador years.
1: Mid to late '90s, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Like when they extra width orange, yeah. You know, and like you know that they were fantastic shows. They played great. And then like I saw them at the German Music Hall, and I was like, or German, I don't even. It's not music hall. German Uh, private. It's something German like club, the, the German
1: whatever. beer. It's like the German beer club, I think. Something yeah, yeah, like that. yeah, something like that. Anyway, in Pawtucket. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Weird, weird ass place. And yeah, a yeah. weird, it's yep. semi residential neighborhood.
0: Yeah, yeah, they have this awesome Bavarian backdrop painted mm-hmm. on the back of the stage. It's mm-hmm. the coolest. It's the coolest fucking backdrop I've seen. But anyway, they played, and it, I mean, didn't miss a fucking beat. It was amazing. And they played uh, Greyhound, which is this um, instrumental that I always really liked, but you know, they don't play it live, it's an instrumental. Yeah. But they played it that night, and then later on I saw uh, Judah Bauer walking around, I was, like, I was like, hey man, great show, you know, oh thanks. I was like, you guys play Greyhound, and you know, I've always loved that song, and I've, I've seen you guys play a bunch of times, never seen that before, and just, you know, thanks for playing it. He's like, oh yeah, see, I wrote that uh, on when I was taking a bunch of heroin. I was like, oh, is that the trick? I hear that that stuff's great for writing songs. <laughs> He's like, it is my suggestion is you do a bunch of heroin just don't get addicted I was like there's the rub there you like, go. there's the rub I was like okay thanks Judah Bauer <laughs>
1: <laughs> thanks for your advice so uh, so when did you get into heroin uh, I'm lazy I haven't gotten into it yet but uh, there's time I I've done it once really I've done it once what was it like it was like you can do no wrong yeah I think did we you... I think we smoked it smoked it yeah. I was with this I didn't girl. Know was an option. I was with this girl who had a habit, and I didn't know it. Uh-huh. And I wasn't dating her. We were friends, but we were like hanging out. Uh huh. And um, got taken to this weird place, uh, like right off Broadway. Never happens in a normal place. It, yeah, it was a fucking strange ass place. Um yeah. So she she went there to score, and so we kind of like got high while we were there. So I was just like yeah okay sure and like I'm, i think we were smoking enough something yeah like you thought you were smoking weed but it ended no finger? no no no. i knew, knew what i knew what we were doing i was just like
0: <laughs> i'm fully aware
1: yeah yeah i was just like okay all right fine fuck it let's try it yeah and um and that was the only one time and that was basically because of that like yeah yeah i mean i didn't have a hankering afterwards anyway but i well, do that's remember, not how
0: addiction works
1: it's like you know well because you know like it, i think the 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 stipulation or the, the 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 mindset is that you know if you do it once you're going to get hooked and you're going to want to do it again. You know it's kind of like mm. a, like crack where where if you do crack it's just like you immediately want that high again. You know. I think it's all about the availability to you too. That's a huge thing for me. It's yeah. like if I if I don't if it's not available to me I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't go seeking it out. You know. Right. Like I've done coke too, but it's like I've only done it out of like you know convenience.
0: Well, if somebody put a gun to my head and was like, "You better do some heroin right now." I'd be like.
1: I don't know where to get any heroin. Like, I fucking pull a trigger, dude! I don't know. Like, put it in front of me and I'll do it. But I mean, I'm not. I'm not going out. I don't I'm not know. going out oh. looking for shit. I don't know who to ask. It's late. You know, it's one of those things. It's like, late. I got to work tomorrow. I'm gonna ask some. Like, who am I gonna ask? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask my most scumbag friend. Right, just, you know. it's like you you get know somebody right like i'm not i'm not <laughs> saying you carry i'm just saying you know somebody. <laughs> yeah 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 so that that was it like yeah so what happened was there was like some weird shitty piano in this place that we were at and of course i was just like i gotta write a song i gotta play a song
0: yeah you yeah you're on heroin and like do the and thing they
1: all they're all like sitting behind me these few people three four people and, and they're all just like Mesmerized by what I'm doing yeah, I'm just like you're a god I'm amazing I can do this <laughs> and I don't know how to play piano at all <laughs> you know it's one of those things you take off the uh, rose tinted
0: glasses yeah. and it's like plink plonk plink plonk I yeah. suck sober guy
1: walks what? in and is just like what are you guys fucking looking at <laughs> what are you doing to that piano stop it it's like that's way out of tune it's, just, it's missing strings <laughs> Seriously, it really was. It was like this dilapidated thing. It was like falling apart. So uh, so that's basically what... Yeah, that's probably genius. what Judah's talking about. Pure genius. Yeah, you can't go wrong on it. You know, it's yeah. just like you... I don't know, fake it till you make it to until it actually does become something that actually mm. works. I don't know. All these guys on heroin that write music is just like fucking crazy. Yeah. I'm not going to do it again. Don't that's, worry. Yeah, I'm, I'm not worried. No. <laughs> I don't have time for that shit. I can't even fucking... I can barely get stoned these days. Yeah, <laughs> I can get stoned, but I have to call the person and uh, go get the thing. I gotta be home with my kids. What are you fucking? Yeah, like? yeah no, I'm not doing that shit. It's crazy. Yeah, your kids are old enough to be like, "Are you stoned?" I think I think my son called. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it's like, Dad, why are you, why are your eyes red? It's just like I've uh, they've been really itchy. I don't know. I think yeah. I've got. Like uh, I got double pink eye, something like that. Yeah, I've been rubbing a lot of shit in my eyes. <laughs> it's like I got something in my eye. I've just been rubbing at it like all night. <laughs> let's uh, let's skip on to mother load. Okay. that's good that's a fucking bombastic track that's the kind of shit like there, there's no liner notes at all no this is it this is yeah. just the songs it's sides. a cover it's
0: a cover by art chantry actually or Ch- i don't know how you pronounce that probably I'm
1: doing it wrong but
0: no I don't, I don't know i'll have to look it up
1: but either way i mean there's just, there's no information no
0: i mean it, it tells you who did the record i think it gives a year yeah yeah i mean that, it's, the, it's the very it's, basic it's bare bones maybe. yeah and it's uh, like, and it, uh, the last song on this, I think it's the last song, Mystery Ship. Is that the last song? Yes. So that song is fucking amazing. And I I only learned that that was a cover like two, three years ago.
1: Oh, okay. I was
0: like, what? And the cover is like exactly the same. And it's oh. by some band called the Mystic F- Mystic Tide, I think. Okay. Out of the 60s. A a band nobody's ever fucking heard of. Of course. But you're a band in the 60s. You're apparently awesome. And uh, they made a song and it's kind of sang the same way. Because, you know, like we were just discussing his voice is not exactly stellar. No. And like the original
1: guy's voice is not exactly stellar. Well, that's the thing about this type of music is that mm. it it is a throwback to some of that early 60s garage Mm -hmm. style music, which back then wasn't garage music. It was just rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So it's not, yeah, it's not unfathomable that, that they were recreating something exactly because that's what inspired them to kind of rate this music that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And, I mean, I'll the, listen to it eventually, I guess. I'll, I'll find it. Yeah, I mean, it's on like Spotify and shit. It's easy to find. Yeah. But,
0: but it, I mean, it just this album and like the, the band itself was just... Like I said, it was, it's it seemed not only obtainable, but like something to. It's like I could strive for this and obtain it, and I don't want to. I don't want to, uh, like be a Cheersix cover band. Mm. But it's like if I just if I just play a little bit better than I'm playing, like I could I could sound as awesome as this, right? Because this is this band sounds fucking awesome to me, and like it sounds fun, oh, yeah, and like it sounds like it sounds real. You know, like, it doesn't sound like, all right, this is take 27. You know, it's like, this is take maybe three and we're fucking cutting it. You know, it's right. like, it's like, it's like, like I like garage music and I like punk music, but I I don't have a lot of, uh, I don't, there's a lot of punk music that doesn't appeal to me. Like the, the speed, there's like certain characteristics of, of punk in general hmm. that like uh, certain adjectives that don't, like the speed is unimportant to me. Right. And like, if you put the word snotty as an adjective towards describing your music, I don't give a fuck about it. <laughs> like that, like all the posturing and the sneering and all that shit, I don't give a fuck about that stuff. Right. That stuff's lame. But like, like if, but like, garage can, uh, you know, if you have like some teenage shutdown albums or something, I mean, they all kind of blend into like this similar sound, which is a good sound. But there's just there's tons of it. There's mm. you don't need to redo that stuff. But this stuff, it's like, some of it's fast, but a lot of it's like this kind of mid-tempo stuff that's just like, I don't know, I just, I get it. It's like the Cramps. It's, it's like more,
1: it's more blues-oriented. Like
0: yeah, the Cramps were never, were very rarely fast at all. Right. It's like, it's all, like, honestly, you could fucking dance to any of cramp songs. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, it's another band that I was like, should I just do a fucking cramp song, you know? But I mean, eventually you're going to hit somebody that's going to want to do a cramp song. I would assume
1: so. you're not going to yeah. hit anybody that wants to do a fucking Cheer Slicks album. It's true, <laughs> probably not. I'm going to reach out to these guys myself, and I want to let them know.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, well, it's like and it's like one of the things where it's like it, it's not like it's my favorite album of all time. You know, it's like it's like a different question. It's like you, you know, because I was telling you, yeah. like, I'm having trouble deciding. You're like, just narrow it down to the band that influenced you. Right. And it's like there's just no fucking doubt. It was the first band I thought of. When you okay. asked me about this, it was like, oh, Cheetah Slicks. It's like, ah, well, maybe I should, you know I, you know, I mean, I was listening to Suicide on the way over here, and I'm like, Phew, this is a fucking amazing band.
1: That's coming up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Somebody,
0: somebody's got that?
1: Yes. All right. So, as long as somebody's got it covered. Next week. Oh, yeah? Who's yeah. that? Who's doing that? I don't want to say. Ooh. I don't want to say right now. All right. Tell
0: me later. Yeah. All right. So, but yeah, like, like, you know, these are fucking phenomenal bands. Like, you know, like Damien was on here, he's talking about Velvet Underground. And you, Funhouse is already done. That was my fault.
1: How's that a back, back No, well, back then, um, the guests that were on, I had them come on because I had a record.
0: Oh, you were assigning
1: records. I was assigning the record, basically. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, my point still stands. It's a great fucking band, great albums, you know, Funhouse. great album, mm-hmm. Suicide, like, super influential. And yeah. it's like, all right, I'm just going to do my, like, what influenced me. That's, yeah. that's kind of interesting.
1: I mean, well, it makes I don't sense. know who wants to listen to it. <clears throat> It makes sense, you know. What? Well, let's because, listen to me talk about it, but you know. No, but that's the thing. Is it's like it, the, okay. So what I've realized about you know have like kind of having this show is that this is more of like a psychology, like a like a psychological exploration into the musician and mm-hmm. why they create what they create. Mm. So the question is, when did you get exposed to Cheater Slicks? Like Probably like 96. So it was 97, like when this record came out, 95.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I, you know, like I didn't hit the ground running with it. Somebody showed it to me. Right. And it was probably like, uh, yeah, like 90, 96, 97, something 96, like that. 96,
1: 97. So you're like 21, 22, yeah. almost? Yeah, uh, somewhere in there. And so, nah. and this is like right at the time that you're starting to play the drums.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, yeah.
1: So yeah, so you're listening to this and you're like, I can do this, I could, this is something that I can aspire towards because just like you were saying, it's, these guys aren't polished musicians. Yeah, like yeah. they, this is something that I know I can do like even if I don't practice too much. Like like from this point where it's I'm just feasible. starting. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. I, like this is, like I said, an it's obtainable an obtainable goal. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: And, and it's not like it's an obtainable goal Goal and then I should get better than that. It's like, I mean, I've been playing drums for a, a while now right. and I don't, I don't think I'm any better. You know what I mean? It's like I got to a point where I'm like, this is this is what I wanted to do. This is what you're doing. This is what I want to do. Right. And it's like, I, I, I'm sure if I really hunkered down and like tried, I could be as good as the good in mini, the dude in mini beast, you know? No. But it's like, that's...
1: No, you can't. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> just theoretically... I could, yeah, yeah, no, but, you can... but I but I'm not going to because I mean, you don't want to because I'm also doing other th- you know, it's not my it's not my passion to become a great drummer. no, you, you know, want to do like... some
1: like like punk rock and roll shit, and yeah. that's what this is, and that's what you do, yeah, yeah you're you're doing exactly what you want to do. so Correct. that's what I'm saying, like this is a perfect example of like music that influenced you and kind of like informed uh-huh. your art, yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, like it's a completely different different topic to say, like, okay, music that informed your your uh, your your physical art. Mm-hmm. That's totally different because you're an artist as well. That's not a question I'm trying to get into right now. That's a, for another day. And you did the art for your yeah. for your new album, right? This is something that you did.
0: Yeah, that's super fancy because I involved uh, photographs that I xeroxed and chopped up and.
1: In in the lettering of the of the band yeah, name, yeah, you have the, all those handsome the models yeah. that are that are there. It's a good thing you distorted them as well as you did.
0: No, they're just naturally that Xeroxed,
1: just that Xerox like <laughs> white and blanked out, like, like bleached out, like look to it. No, it's great. I love the art. You're you're a very good artist. I didn't
0: want anyone's handsomeness to outshine another's. You know,
1: right? Yeah, it's it's all. It's all equal, right? You're Mm -hmm. all equal Mm -hmm. songwriter partnership. like, Yeah. It's a band. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, That led me to want to ask you a question, actually. I didn't know if there was something that stuck out to you, like being like the newbie in town, you know, exploring the music scene, something like that, or even being out at bars or something, you know, like, you know, because that's where we all fucking hung out.
0: Well, it was like, okay, so in Illinois, people are naturally friendly. In Rhode Island, people are not naturally friendly. No, we don't give a fuck. No, everybody, everyone <laughs> is very... I, I thought they were assholes for like years. I was like, wow, everyone here is just kind of an asshole. And I realized later that they're just suspicious. Mm. It's not that you're an, they're assholes. It's just that there's a lot of like... I know that guy's a crackhead, but I know he's a crackhead. I don't know what your deal is. So I'm going to keep you at arm's length. I know he's a crackhead. I know what to do with that. Right. I don't know what to do with you. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that. And, um...
1: Waiting for people to expose themselves to you. Like, expose the level of crazy that they're at. And yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, this person is not the one so I So I,
0: I was here about five years. And then things started. Like, I had a group of friends and a community that, you know, mm. that I felt comfortable with. But, yeah, the first several years, I'm like, man, people are fucking unfriendly dicks around here. And <laughs> it's funny, like, uh... Like, you walk down the street in my hometown. You just acknowledge everyone that walks by you, a nod, right. a, a hello, a good evening, so, uh, something. You acknowledge yeah. that a person walked by you, and here, that's not done. And if you do that, like I did,
1: everyone looks at you like you everyone a
0: looks at you like you're like, what the fuck do you want? That was the look I got a hundred times a day. What the fuck do you want? And so. And especially, like, walking to bars at night, if you walk like, a woman, and you're like, I'm like, I'm not going to say hello. I'm not going to say hello. No. Hello. Fuck, why did I do that?
1: She, like, starts running from screaming. Yeah, yeah, she gets, you can see the
0: (laughs) tenseness of the shoulders, and I'm like, fuck. Like, why did I say hello? So I'm from the Midwest.
1: Yeah, I'm not from here. Hello. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh. That, that would probably be your saving grace be like, I'm from the Midwest. And they'd be like, oh, okay, never mind. You're okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so that was, yeah, that was a rough, that was a jarring thing about being here, but. I'm surprised you made it as long. Well, I mean, the, the art scene, like, I mean, where I came from, it's, people are very nice, but they're also kind of boring. Mm. You know, I mean, there's, there's not a huge scene. There was like, like I, I was a dishwasher in this restaurant when I was like, like 16, 17 and like everybody in that restaurant was in a band and they were touring and like you know that band hum yeah okay so like that the lead singer guitar player like he worked in that restaurant what yeah his name's matt he was like a, he'd gone to school to be a teacher and he's like oh, this music thing doesn't pan out i can always be a teacher it's like cool as i'm a joint with you by the dumpster and then like he went on to like you know
1: rural mtv for a little while for, yeah 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 definitely did better than most
0: yeah. yeah yeah and like i think he he has like a recording studio outside of our hometown now okay for like, sure yeah probably
1: just doing stuff he,
0: they're still recording they just put it on a new
1: record i guess well there you go fairly new i mean it's not brand new but
0: yeah matt matt talbert i think his name was
1: i don't know i've never been a huge fan i liked that record that big I, i'm record. not a fan
0: of the music but the
1: guy is super cool yeah yeah cool man well, but, it's not, not to, but, but
0: then that all went away when I became old enough. Fuck. I keep punching. Stop this punching my mic. Right. So I talked with my hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, that all went away when I became old enough to go to bars.
1: Right. Like that whole scene just died. Right. right. Uh, I get it. Um, let's move on to the sensitive side. Speaking of, now which. that's
0: the John Spencer thing that everybody
1: right. fucking hates. Yeah. But I,
0: but I don't really mind. I feel like the, the the tracks before it are so fucking bombastic that it's right. like kind of
1: nice to have this cool down thing. It breaks it up a little bit, but like, right, it's not even like at the end of the side. Oh, no. So.
0: But it lends itself. It, it, go ahead and play it. All right.
1: I remember when I was listening to this song, I was just like, I kind of have to talk like that into the mic. Just talk like this. (laughs) And see, when I, you know, I wasn't wasn't living around here when
0: I first heard that. I always thought it was the River Chow. (laughs) I was like, oh, the River Chow. Interesting. The River Chow. The River Chow. But, uh, so like, okay, so this is the time to really address John Spencer's footprint on this (laughs) album. Because he stomps down hard there. Mm. And it's like, this is when like, you know a lot of purists are like fuck him you know mm-hmm. and i get that i get that cuz he just he just smears himself all over this fucking album but it, like it, it goes to like i feel like it's really helped me form my opinions about how an album and even a setlist should be made like the you know sequence. The, the sequence like yeah. like give give them like if you just if everything's at 10 it's the same thing as everything's at 5 you know it's like there's if there's no Ups and downs. If there's no fluctuation, peaks and valleys. Yeah, it's all just, you know, it's just, it's mm-hmm. all maxed out. It's all blur. You you you, you just start off strong, mm. and then you chill for a minute, so that when you come back, it means something, you mm. know. And that's exactly what he does in this album. Okay. And uh, you know, he's got like uh, the acoustic guitar on this song. I mean, this is probably not a song of theirs as much as just he caught a jam session.
1: Well, I know, I know that for a fact, so the, the other time that, that John Spencer shows up, uh, lyrically or vocally on this record is at the very end, uh, for a, uh, bonus track, like a hidden track where it's uh, he does that prank call to like a record store. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. That can't, that's not on the record. Oh no? No. Oh, so it's just on the digital. I guess. Okay. So it might be on the digital format. Um, there's a uh a prank it was, call it was a throwaway track yeah. the 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 band Cheater Slicks, did not want to use it they just they didn't they, it was an instrumental they had they didn't know what to do with it so they were like but John Spencer really liked it uh-huh so he was just like okay i'm going to like put something over this and so what he did is he prank called a record store <laughs> yeah and that was what What's he, he ended up doing it's just, it's it's this it's actually pretty fucking stupid it's really not that good <laughs> He's just like he calls Carmi Car- Records in Boston. Uh-huh. And he's just like, Oh hi, okay, so um yeah, my, my, my niece we really wanted some records. Um, you got a do you have a record by the this band called um the, 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 the smashing the smashing pumpkins? Is it, that, that Oh, sounds, I think I have heard that. That's silly. I have that. Heard sounds that sounds silly. Yeah, yeah. I have that. So that's heard that. that's that I didn't even know that was related to this record though. I guess it was uh, like the digital release of this record, maybe oh, on that's the C D but so the digital... Because I've been listening to the digital because I don't have the uh-huh. copy of this. Yeah, so yeah. so I've, I've heard that. I've been listening to it. And like, yeah, that's like that's the throwaway track. And so basically the band didn't want to use it. They right. had no desire to use it. It was this yeah. instrumental that they had nothing to do with. And so he absorbed it and like put this stupid vocal over it. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, I mean... And so that, that's kind of like... with power kind of thing. Kind kind of, yeah. I mean, yeah. so... I don't know. So you, you were saying how... how the the shit I forgot I lost it already the peaks and valleys
0: yeah 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 so like he you know he's got I mean in no other album I mean maybe there's a song I'm just not thinking of but there's it's definitely not a prevalent thing for there to be acoustic guitar on
1: oh it, that's the that's the song the next song that has acoustic guitar on it that's well, why
0: so this has a good guitar and then so does Spanish Rose which is okay the the f- the first song on the second side mm-hmm. and it sound it sounds great it's not uh it's it's not chill like this thing is it's like you know it's a more high energy song but it's got an acoustic guitar over it and it's like that only happened because spencer produced this record oh yeah and uh i just think it's a really good choice for that song Hmm. and uh, i think he makes i don't know i like john spencer i think he makes good choices maybe he's an arrogant fuck i don't know him personally yeah whatever people seem to have a lot of hate for him but people i hate people for all sorts of reasons that don't make any sense to me
1: well that's true I don't hate him. I, I like John Spencer. I like yeah. the music that he does. I like his band. I like the I like yeah. the Spencer the the Blues Explosion. I but, like Pussy um, Galore. I like Boss Hog. I think it's funny know? though because I I can see where the band feel like this is like their worst album in regards to that, only because he kind of like stamped it so hard.
0: Yeah, I think I mean he took it over.
1: So this is a, a question I have for you. Mm. So if in a in a circumstance you know, the band records again, who would be a dream producer for you?
0: I, I, that'd be really hard to say because I have zero experience with... No, no,
1: no. I mean, because... okay, producing it. So think about it this way. Uh-huh. So uh, when U2 was getting ready to record um, Unforgettable unforgettable Fire... U2? Yes. Okay. I'm not saying this because you like U2. I'm just saying that, <laughs> that a, a band with a huge budget signed to a major label, you yeah. know, like... So they they were approached by by their management saying like, who would you like to, to produce your next record? And their um, their answer was John Lennon. But at the time, okay. um, I guess, uh, what, what happened? I think, did John Lennon get murdered before that was able to happen? And then they eventually got Brian Eno to, to produce the record. But the point being is that you know when you're on a major label, you you kind of have an option to just kind of throw something out there like can we ask this person if they want to do it yeah yeah you know so um, so who would you might want to ask if you could if you could
0: uh, I don't know his name but the guy that's like the the producer of the Viagra
1: Boys I don't know the Viagra like, Boys
0: oh you should check out the Viagra Boys I bet they're a fucking, fucking party awesome. band.
1: they're super fucking cool
0: but uh, I they think they play
1: hard ons all night.
0: I, I no, they actually have a lot of songs about doing too many drugs to have hard ons.
1: Like, because think they, have, they, so they, need, in, in, in turn, they need Viagra. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, yeah. I don't have that problem, so I don't really know. But,
0: well, yeah, no, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, actually, besides being an awesome band, I think it's a fucking hilarious name because, like, it's, oh, yeah. the, it's the ultimate not tough guy name, mm. you know? And that's that's another thing. I kind keep of a limp guy punching this microphone is uh the, the thing about, Cheer Slicks, and in regards to like punk is that uh, their songs and I like and this is an adjective that I only recently thought of because a friend of mine described use it to describe my Seven Inch which I I, I was flattered, but uh he, it's it's mean, mm. it's like a mean album, but it's not tough, like a tough is like, like not everybody could be tough, yeah, but everybody could be mean. Okay, you know what I
1: mean. I would, I would do, probably do uh, go the it? opposite. I would actually probably say it's a tough record and it's not mean. Oh because no, because the the mean aspects of the record are things that are kind of like jokey, like, um, well,
0: like when you're playing load, that guy's like, like he's playing fast. He's he's building up the the vocals like as as hard and fast as he can. Like it's breathy, you know. It's like like he's 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 exerting himself. To a hundred percent, right? And he's it's it's an anger. That's it, what I'm saying. That's what's
1: tough. No, the tough is that's like that's a toughness like about a I'm person. A tough guy. No, because mean mean is anyone can say anything that's mean, and you don't you, you like a, a dainty princess can say something mean to somebody else, and that's yeah. Like, that's the the basis of the of the whole thing. Mean girls, right? Like the movie Mean Girls is yeah, like yeah. these fucking valley girls that are just mean. They're fucking mean because they're yeah. cruel. They yeah. know how to like you know hit you in a sensitive spot. Tough is like you are fucking tough like you can take a punch and you can give a punch right so that's yeah what I'm I don't saying, think everybody like, can do that but that's what I'm saying like as far as the adjective of describing this record of yours the seven-inch mm-hmm. I would say it's more tough than it is mean because oh. mean can be mean can be petty tough you, you can't yeah tough you can't yeah. uh, you avoid tough yeah. is something that that's that you are and that you you exude and everyone knows it
0: well it's I mean. Maybe I'm too close to it, but like, cl- there's right. no tough guys in this band.
1: No, no, no. It's not about being a tough guy. It's just yeah. the, it's just the persona of the, of the punkness of it, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, if because all punk is tough, right? All punk is like tough or mean to some degree.
0: Yeah, but I prefer the mean to the tough. Is what I'm getting at. No, I think, and, and I, think I, I think the Cheer Slicks, are, I think it's the opposite. Recordings.
1: Well, I think you're fucking wrong, James. Well, I think you're fucking wrong. Well, here we are. Okay. Thanks for the whiskey. You know what? I'm gonna fucking take this record. And I'm gonna break it. <laughs> is that mean or tough? It's fucking mean. See? <laughs> <laughs> See, because like songs like "Creeps," you know, and like and like "Robbery" that you sing, uh-huh. and that you both you actually have videos for on YouTube right now for, for both of those, yeah, which yeah. are
0: great. Yeah, Damien made "Robbery." It's fucking awesome. It is. It is and great. Then, uh, and yeah. then Kevin uh, Bowden made. The uh, Creeps video. I the Creeps video. Yeah. Which was another thing that happened during a pandemic that, like, I probably wouldn't have had time to do. Mm-hmm. But it's like, instead of going to band practice, I'm going to go to Tracy's house and we're going to film this thing. And right. everyone was super fucking cool and it made it happen and it was fun and easy.
1: Yeah. And it's a great video. He, I mean, he yeah, filmed it really video. well and, like, it's edited great. Like, it's just a, a fun, fun thing to watch. Yeah. F- to that song, especially because the song covers this, uh, this story of like a like creepy guys right yeah
0: uh, well I mean it's it, honestly you talk to any fucking chick you know they're gonna have a story that completely yeah you know it's like yeah I know that story exactly the guy calls from the past it's like hey how you been been a long time you're like oh hey that's nice I haven't you know talked to you in fucking 10 years how's things going uh, show me your tits uh, it's like wait how the fuck did we get here
1: right you know
0: fucking creeps
1: yeah <laughs> well we all have our stories don't we I hope so. All, I mean, we're all we're men all so and, and men, are, men are fucking creeps. Uh, fucking so gross. All right. So here's a story. All right. So I was going to ask you, mm. do you have a story of being a creep? Oh. Uh, okay. I'm sure you do. I mean, <laughs> I <don't, laughs> why, I don't why want are you to, so sure of it? Because <laughs> you're a man. You're a fucking man. Of course you do. Uh, but I don't want you to be incriminating, but I'll, I'm going to yeah, share it. I mean, oh, look. I I'll share you my story no, first. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open with that kind of stuff. I mean, I'll share, I'll share a story with you first, just to, right. just to show you how creepy fucking guys are. Uh, okay. All right. So I'm a mail carrier. I deliver mail. So I walk around neighborhoods. Creep and, carrier. Yeah, I'm a creep carrier. I'm fucking like jerking <laughs> off while I'm fucking delivering <laughs> mail with my, with my, <laughs> ah, <laughs> with my one ah. free, with my one free end. I'm like, yeah. ah. No, not even that. Might as so, be doing something. No, it, it actually wasn't me being a creep. It was a guy being a creep to me oh so i so you are handsome i can see how this could go wrong yeah all right fucking sure but so (laughs) so i cover i cover routes for people on their days off yeah so i'm on a different route almost every day so i'm on this girl's route this young girl she's not young she's probably about my age but she's small she's petite she's cute she's like you know Mm -hmm. um and so i go do her route and like i'm i keep on noticing this guy show up in a red truck Mm-hmm. Okay, I know this red truck. I see it all the time. And he pulls up to me, like pulls up to me as I'm walking down the street. You know, As just like rolls down his window. It's just like, hey, can I can I give you my mail? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can take that. No problem. Mm-hmm. He keeps on finding me. I do this route once a week. Not every day. Ah. Once a week. Keeps on finding me. Is it always me. the same day of the week? No, it's a different day of the week. Yeah. Oh yeah even worse yeah <laughs> he, he finds me this is like he effort. finds me on a dead end road Ooh. i'm on like a dead end road like like there's no there's no out there's no out to this road so there's no reason to go down this road unless there's something you need down this road he comes to find me to give me mail
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm just like this is not the first time so i'm just like yeah why don't you just hit a mail can man yeah, yeah. He's just like, oh, I just always like to give it to to a carrier, you know. And it's just like, and, and you know, does it get out of the truck? And you know, you're a lot better looking than a male can. Oh. And I'm like, okay, cool, like. Well, you maybe you she just be flattered and stop acting so stuck up. No, about I'm flattered, it. but like, but at the same time, it's fucking creepy, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, why would you go out of your way to find a mail yeah. carrier when you can just deposit it in a can or leave it in your fucking mailbox?
0: Yeah, there, there's the whole mailbox thing. All that's, right, so now tell me awesome. your story. What, well, what? I mean, is, in regards to that, I have a story about people being creepy to me. Okay, sure. But sure. Uh, okay, I went to see, you know the band The Gossip? Yes. Okay. I, I love that band. I thought they were super fucking awesome. Yep. They'd really changed their style at some point. Mm. It kind of lost my interest. But for years, I thought they were a fucking legit band. Mm-hmm. And that chick can fucking sing like a maniac. Mm-hmm.
1: Like Beth Ditto, I think her name is. I don't know them. Like, I don't know the members, but I know the yeah. band. I know the Yeah, music. I think
0: her name's Beth Ditto and her stage name or whatever. But uh, anyway, so I'm at the Middle East upstairs mm-hmm. and I go there and she's gay the Beth Ditto is, so it's like she has a, a large uh, following of, of the gay community, and so there's like a ton of girls there, and I, I don't know, but it seems, just from gauging the room, that the, you know, it's kind of a gay crowd, like, I don't care, whatever, and I'm and I'm sitting there, and like for the first time ever in my life, I'm like, wow, I'm like the chick at the punk rock show, you know and there's like girls kind of like sizing me up left and right and not like in a
1: like, like I want to fuck you way yeah like I'm uh, not, not fuck in a, to you like. and, and no no
0: no not in like I want to fight you but I don't know like just straight up like I'm um, meat hmm. and since I have the luxury of being a man I'm like whatever you know like I don't care you know right. like I'm not scared or yeah, anything yeah. like that you know yeah. it's like whatever but I was like oh this is kind of weird this is kind of a, a different thing and there is these there's this couple that was next to me and they're like looking at me and making little marks and jokes and like i can't really hear exactly what they're saying but i it's very clear they're talking about me and again whatever you mm-hmm. know band's awesome this is all good and then uh and one of them comes looks over her shoulder at me and then she reaches behind and she grabs my fucking joke yeah she grabs my junk <laughs> and she goes and this is the strangest things I, I don't know where this i don't know what this means in the gay community. Like it, it, it seemed like a, a confliction of thoughts. And th- she said, it's time to breed. And I Whoa. was like, what? Like, <laughs> like it was this, str- and then they laughed. And I was like, I don't even get that joke. Wow. I don't know what that means.
1: That's much more profound. I don't life. feel
0: assaulted, <laughs> but at the I mean, whatever. What do I give a fuck? Grab <laughs> my dick. What do I care? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, but I mean, uh, I understand if you were a woman in a crowd full of men and someone reached over and grabbed your fucking crotch, like that's, yeah, that's assault, you of know, like, that's right. a big deal. But since again, unless I, you're the president, I, I, of course, well, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I, have, I have the luxury of being a man and like, you know, and a
1: secure male. At, and at I'm not
0: point. worried about, you know, I didn't feel for my safety or anything,
1: right. you know, but I was just like, oh, weird. Mm. What a
0: reversal of, of roles and yeah. you know, whatever, just like. So that's
1: like the creep creepiest thing that's ever happened to me and even that's like more weird than creepy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well see that that goes actually along with the line uh, in lines with the story that I was telling because I actually went to the girl that does the root the next day. Oh yeah. And I told her the story and I was just like, I'm sorry. I was like, I'm sorry you deal with this shit all the fucking time. I'm like now I get it. She's like, never happened to me. No, well, it didn't happen nope. to her with this guy because obviously this guy is fucking gay. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, but that women go through that all the fucking time mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. with dudes. Like you know, like even in this song, it's like uh, there's that line where, where you're saying something about like getting the the dick pics sent to you like a hundred like, hundred dick pics a day. Right, here come like the
0: dick pics by the ton. So right. show your tits, won't that be fun? Yeah, 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 I mean, well, that song was totally written. I was talking to a, an old friend of mine, and she was just telling me about like you know. She had talked to a a guy that we knew. I've known this girl since middle school. And, like, she was uh, talking to me about, hey, you remember so-and-so? I was like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, he just fucking sent me a dick pic out of nowhere. Out of nowhere? And I was like, what? And, like, (laughs) I know that guy. And I was like, what? He did what? she's like, yeah. I'd be like. Like, show me. (laughs) Show me. (laughs) She's like, you know, she's, like, married and shit. She's like, what the fuck do I do with this? You know? Yeah. And I was like, fucking well, he's hoping you'll jerk off to it. Creeps. I, I don't know. You're like, not... dudes are creeps. I don't know. Right. For
1: I'm sure. no better than them. I guess I'm just smoother than them. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know your boundaries. That's the thing. Is like, uh, yeah, you, you yeah. know, there's a line. Yes. There's a line. Do not cross this line. Yeah. I
0: I like. I don't. I don't like making people uncomfortable. And I feel like there's a lot of the population that really enjoys making people uncomfortable.
1: I think people are oblivious. I think the people that Uh, that's kind, that's kind of you to say. No, I, I think they know in, in the backs of their minds that it's wrong, but I think that they are like a little bit too motivated by, by, um, impulse to really, Mm. to, 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 to think it through and to, to derail themselves and say like, I shouldn't do that.
0: At best they think it's like charming and funny.
1: a charming and funny I think that's their excuse mm, I think when it doesn't fall right if it doesn't if it doesn't work mm-hmm. I was trying to be funny that was that was supposed to be cute oh yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah, that's yeah. the excuse yeah but in well, reality well like I said at best right at best no no no, no. at best it's their excuse like mm-hmm. so you know like they know what they like what they're doing their, their reaction like their actions shouldn't like they shouldn't be doing it You know, like there's a Mm. certain way to talk to a woman, a woman as a male, as a heterosexual male, Mm. that you know you should not do. Like it's not gonna go well. Mm -hmm. And if it does go well, okay, it worked out in your favor. It's like that. It's like that fucking uh, Saturday Night Live fucking sketch, like where Michael Jackson and then Liberace are talking about like you know hooking up with women. I don't know the sketch. No, okay, you gotta find it. It's fucking. Eddie Murphy as fucking Michael Jackson and uh, I think it's I think it's Billy Crystal as Liberace and um, they're talking about like hooking up with women uh-huh. and they're like the most like kind of like awkwardly like gay men like pop stars <laughs> yeah. and like you know there's is like that, that there's that random moment where you like just you, you know as, you just got to go up to the girl and say like I, I don't want I want to jump your bones you know it's just like
0: <laughs> and well, like, it's, like, it's,
1: like a lot of guys the I... time that it works is like is yeah, yeah. so satisfying.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of guys just play the odds. Right. They're like, if nine girls slap me and one girl sucks my dick, then I fucking man, I won. I won. Yeah. You know, it's like just cast a
1: net. Mm-hmm. You know? You cast your net wide enough. Yeah. And you'll uh you'll succeed eventually. All right, we should move on to destroy you. Very blown out. Well, it's also the quality of the fucking playback right now. No, no, no. That I'm.
0: I mean, I'm very familiar is, with this record. Oh, okay. I say it's blown out as fuck. <laughs> you know, and it's like, like, uh, like you don't miss a bass at all because the it, everything's so blown out. It's like, oh yeah. You know, it's like, right. You don't need that deep tone because it's the the guitars are so. In the red, if mm-hmm. you will, know, of course that uh, that it kind of just loans itself to mm-hmm. to a fuller sound of you know like, you just don't miss the bass, mm. you
1: know. I agree with you. So, um, what was I going to say about fucking John Spencer and this? Okay, so I was asking you about the, your your dream producer scenario uh, earlier because we, as we discussed. Cheater Six did not like, do not like this record, in yeah, general. Yeah. Yeah. Like in hindsight, looking back at it, they're like, they really didn't capture our sound. You know, it was a great, great uh, opportunity to work with a, a guy that's like, you know, the successful like blues rock garage rock artist. Yeah. But um, but he fucking stamped himself on this so hard. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I completely agree because I like their other records. I listened to a couple of other ones so far, and um they do sound a little different. I mean, it's still a garage rock aspect to it. It's still bluesy. It's still, like, kind of heavy in the two guitars. But, like, even as we were listening to this song, Destroy You, like, you know, it kicks into the song, like, coming in from Sensitive Side, and you hear him do that, like, yeah! Like, that in the background. It's just like, that sounds like John Spencer. I don't think it is. No, but it sounds like oh, it. Oh, okay. But that's the thing. It's just like, for me, I'm like... I'm not a producer, and I have not produced anything yet, but, like, I have always thought about it and, like, you know, envision it. And I'm just, like, if you want to work with a band to produce them, you Mm. don't want to take what they do and make it your own. You want to, like, work with what they do and help them, like, envision, like, what they do, you know?
0: Well, my... My guess, as much as you know, worth as much as anybody else's guess, is that he wasn't uh, trying to take it over as much as he was trying to be like, 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 like he played a show and they were the opening act, and he's like, I fucking like these guys, right? And I think he's trying to help them, right? Because he's already successful,
1: yeah. Like he's he not... had them open up for them on tour, yeah, in yeah, ninety five,
0: yeah, and he's like, uh. I think he's like I'm gonna put my stamp on this because it's gonna give them a, a boost up, and then they can do whatever they want from there. Right. Because he has not produced any other albums after this. Yeah. And I mean, again, like they they've they voiced that they didn't like how this it didn't sound like them to them. But I mean, I don't think they turned down any requests for him to produce stuff. You know, it's just like he's like I'm gonna do this one thing. And it's just, it's that's what it is. It's this piece of art that we all made together. Right. And then you're free to do whatever you want after that. And mm. you could have somebody else produce it, or you could produce it yourself, or whatever you want to fucking do. And, you know, it's like, they'd already had a couple albums out by then, so it wasn't like he just absorbed them into, this is mine. Right. You know, right. it's just that he, he smacked himself all over it, which, you know, has led to some people hating it. And some people liking it. But I mean I also like the albums before and the albums after, you know. Right. I mean, not like I said earlier, not the immediate album after this. I thought it was they're kind of their weakest album. But there's a song in there called Ghost that I think is fucking awesome as fuck. But um but like, you know, they, they you said your last record, uh, Refried mm-hmm. Dreams. Like these records are all are, are all super awesome. And they don't sound like this record at all. Mm. It's maybe to them it's more their sound and that's great I like those records too and just that this was the record that at the time that it was introduced to me became a huge influence on how I was gonna approach pro- go forth yeah. well, approach music in general and it helped me come up with uh, confidently come up with how I think not only songs should go and and a, and a band could be arranged but how a set list should go, how Hmm. an album should go. If everything's if everything's fucking super fast, then it's it's all monotone, you know? Mm -hmm. You gotta have that it's like it's like the art of the album, which is lost a lot now because people don't listen to albums. They listen to singles. Right. You know, it's like it's like we've gone full cycle. Like in the 60s and stuff, it's like it was all about that single. You gotta get that hit. Right, got to get that hit on the radio, and the albums an afterthought. Got to get how many how many chartbusters can you put on a, on a you know out of an artist, you know, and then, and then later became like the art of the album. It, the album itself is is the piece of work, the piece of art. Right, you know, it's like sit and listen to the art into the album of its entirety, and that's the that's the statement. Hmm. And I like that idea a lot, you know. It's like, the song is a hit. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I also like that too. But if you're going to make an album, and I think of every set list is kind of like a mini album. You know, it's like, yeah. you've, you've come, you're going to hear the whole fucking thing. I mean, you could leave, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> you know, the idea is you're listening to the whole right. set. So what does that whole set represent? Hmm. If it's like 10 blistering fast songs, it's like kind of boring by song six, you know? But if like you come out with right. three fast songs, or you know high energy songs, and then you and then you take it down for a minute, not only does it give the listener, you know, a, a moment to oh well, you know what's happening, you know there's a there's a notable change. Right. But then when you go back up, that fucking energy means something. Right. You know. Yeah. Oh. Oh no. I'm hearing beeps. That's not good. Beeps aren't good. Beeps are never good unless it means like your microwave popcorn's done.
1: Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so look. So I don't think we're going to get into the second side of this. Uh, I wanted to kind of like go into Spanish Rose a little bit. Spanish
0: Just... Rose and Mystery Ship. Quick, play it now. <laughs>
1: I do
0: like that chord. It's a beautiful song. It's a great mm. song, and the acoustic guitar sounds great on it too. I think it adds something. That it's it's not like a low energy, folky song where you think, oh yeah, acoustic guitar would work on this. Right. It's like it's oh, fuck. It's almost like the Pixies. You know, it's like they, they played acoustic guitar on some fucking rockin' tunes, and it's had this great sound to it. You know. Oh yeah. And yeah. I feel like that's kind of similar. To what's going on here? It's like I mean, you could play don't... you could play a song with electric guitars, and it'd be great. It'd be fine. Mm. But the acoustic guitar adds like an element that's.
1: If an acoustic guitar is not played like like finger pickingly or like like softly strumming, Mm -hmm. then yeah, it can be. It can be used as punk. I mean, Mm -hmm. even um, even the Breeders, Cannonball, Mm -hmm. is played on an on acoustic guitar, but it's just that Mm -hmm. they put it through a distortion pedal. Yeah, but yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, like if you if you if you strum and hit it hard enough and fast enough. Then it doesn't seem like an acoustic guitar necessarily.
0: Well, I feel like it—it it very much sounds like an acoustic guitar,
1: right? But, but it, does, just, it, it doesn't provide that same feel, that same folk, like yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, there's no folk sensibility folk yeah, to yeah. it, right?
0: Well, and it's it's clearly like an overdub, like you know, because the other guitars are still playing, mm-hmm. you know. But I, this is not something that's on any other Cheer Slicks albums that I can think of off the top of my head. Acoustic
1: guitar? Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's oh, not right. an
0: element they use a lot. So I think it's it's interesting that he did use it mm. on this recording, and like it's a benefit. I feel like it really works on that song. I mean, I'm not I'm not arguing that they should use the acoustic guitar more. I just like it's a nice fucking touch. It sounds right. cool on
1: this song. So have you seen this band play live before? Yes, I've
0: had the pleasure of opening for them a when? couple a couple times.
1: When and with with which band? Black
0: Clouds both times where uh, once at PA's Lounge in Boston mm-hmm. or uh, Somerville I guess okay and then once at uh, Middle East Upstairs cool with uh, the Hunches and the Tampoffs the All Hunches right. are fucking totally badass too out of Portland Oregon you know those guys no the Hunches no. the Hunches Hunches I'm sorry Hunches. Hunches. yes uh, yeah they have two albums on In the Red fucking okay. fantastic Manic Manic fucking band super cool guys yeah yeah okay guys and
1: girls yeah super s- awesome so you lucked out opening up for this band on a couple yeah. of occasions
0: yeah yeah I was like uh, it was <laughs> it's like, we played at PA's lounge I think it was the second time and like it's a smaller venue than, than Middle East I played there so okay so like you know how it's like one side's the stage show area and the other side's like the drinking bar yeah, the bar yeah so like those guys were like sitting at the uh, at their table and uh, I, was trying, I was like, I'm not gonna geek out on these guys. I'm not going to geek out on these guys. And then I totally went over and geeked out on them, you know? I was like, hey, hey, hey how's it going? Yeah, I'm a fucking huge fan, you know? Just like, you know, like, be cool, man, be cool. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I was like, you know, I mean, I can't remember what I said, but I was talking to him a little bit, and I was like, okay, well, we're gonna go play. And uh, I was talking, cause I was talking to uh, Dave Shannon, the guitar player. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, all right, cool. You know, it's like, so you guys are in Columbus, Ohio, right? Like, wh- why'd you move there from here? He's like, oh, because our friend Don Howland from the, you know, like, oh, yeah, a guy from the Bassholes. He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he was living there and just seemed like a cool, cheap place to live. Right. Like, how would you describe the town? He's like, oh, they're really into football. I was like, okay <laughs> like, like you're not selling me on it man yeah. you know and then i was like what do you do for a living he's like uh you know that restaurant red robin I'm like yeah he's like i paint their signs yeah. <laughs> cool cool and i mean they, they did not want to talk to me glamorous <laughs> you know, they did not want to talk to yeah. me and they were like not rude you know mm-hmm. like they were answering my questions but i was like it's super obvious you want me to go away
1: yeah, but I'm not going away
0: you know yeah. <laughs> I was like sorry I'm sorry I'm a huge fan I'm stuck I was like I'm one of your biggest fans he's like oh you're not our biggest fan I was like oh no and they're like no this guy is and it's like <laughs> I'm sort of this like little weirdo that's like hey, hey I was like "What what's his deal and he's like I don't know he's like if you guys ever want to go on tour ever I'll drive you and so we got offered this tour and we're like you want to drive us? And he's like, yeah. So that's why we're here. I was like, wow. Yeah, that guy's a bigger fan than I am. <laughs> Thanks, man. No, oh, you're welcome. Like, Takes little, all kinds, man. A little nervous weirdo. And then, uh, yeah, so then like, we played. And I came back, and I was like, they're sitting exactly where they were before. I was like, do you, uh, you check out the show? He's like, oh, yeah, man. I was like, no, you didn't. No, you did, man. You're sitting exactly where you were. He's like, Man, I don't know. I've seen a lot of bands. Right. All you young kids, blah, blah. And at the time, I was in the Black Clouds, and it's like two of the guys in my bands were like 10 years older than me. I was like, These guys are the same age as you. And they're like, Oh, really? Who? I was like, The, the show's over, dude. You missed it. <laughs> He's like, Oh, damn. I was like, Really? That's all like ageism? Really? That's what I'm hit with?
1: Oh, shit, man. <laughs> Oh, shit.
0: And, you know, looking back, I don't fucking blame them. They probably have seen like 5,000 well, yeah. mediocre bands. And they're like, yeah, another fucking show. They've been whatever. playing
1: since 87. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. But at the time, I was just like fucking so excited to play with these guys. Well, you know, I appreciate your enthusiasm and I appreciate that you like actually approach them being given the opportunity to play with a band that influenced you. Yeah. That's fucking
0: huge. No, I've been very lucky. I've played with several bands that I have just always assumed, assumed would be, like, an unobtainable <clears throat> goal. Yeah. You know, like, I played, with, I played at the Country Teasers, and I was just like... I played with them on their first show of a, like, nationwide tour. Like, they flew in. Yeah. Played Providence, Rhode Island up at, like, Red Rum or whatever. Okay. And uh, to, like... Four people from Providence and 40 people from Boston came to see that wow. show. Weird. Yeah. And they played for like an hour and a half. It was crazy. Hmm. It was like trying to get their chops in before their tour, you know? Right, right. They were super awesome. But huh. yeah, we opened up for them. It was great. Us and uh, White Mice.
1: This is Black Clouds you're talking about? Yeah. So look, you wanted me to get into uh, Mystery Ship, didn't you? I did. Alright, let's get into that right now, only because we're running out of time and we need to get this in. Alright, well you know how the fucking song goes. (laughs) (laughs) I know (laughs) Uh, I know know how it goes too. Awesome. I just have to remind myself. Awesome. Fucking awesome. Under better circumstances, I would fucking be able to play that and hear it perfectly. So um, of decisions. all the questions that I had for you, I guess I actually asked them all already. I was
0: going to say, ask them rapid fire. Rapid and make fire. And me, make me answer them like quickly.
1: So a lot of questions that I have for people that are on this show that I don't actually ask mm. is, what is the influence of vinyl records on you? As opposed to like CDs or something? Well, I mean, like, what is the significance of vinyl records for you?
0: Oh, I feel like if you're... if you if you're if you're on vinyl it's real it's vinyl. it's it's very
1: real and if you put it on cd it's kind of it's fine well you yourself as a musician being you know producing the music but like what about as just a listener what is the significance of listening to music on record
0: i feel like if you put if you put it on a record player and you put a needle to it you're like paying attention like this mm. is this is like what I'm doing right now. Even if you're doing something else while you're listening to it, you're like, this is part of my. I'm I'm, I'm the experience I'm having right now is listening to this, and doing whatever else you're doing. I don't know. It just really shapes your experience mm. a lot more than just listening to something digitally.
1: Do you smell the record when you open it? I have a terrible sense of smell. Do you have COVID? No, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> All right. Um, So we are officially done. I'm not done. I am (laughs) done. You go to bed. I'll be here. (laughs) (laughs) You want to hang out in my fucking shed all night long? (laughs) Dude, this fucking shed is fucking awesome. Dude, it's actually pretty big. I sent a
0: picture of this to my wife. I was like, you fucking see this thing? This is fucking legit. Dude. It's like 20 feet deep, two stories. It's not your garage it's like your other building there this you fucking are. thing is awesome
1: yeah you're you're easily like 10 Abused. 10 feet from me at oh, least yeah yeah at least 10 feet so fuck you guys you're in your no it's like, like i'm like 20 feet from here. you like yeah you're yeah totally fucking far from me like and then i have my mask here if i fucking want it eventually you know so um yes Thank you for coming and doing this and talking to me about the fucking cheater slicks, because cheater fucking slicks. By the way, cheater I'm slicks. for Charles. After Or, as
0: they say in Illinois, chow. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you say to that? Well, I want to just talk like this. I, I like just want to talk it like, it like this about my brothers. Good. Jeez, jeez. Looks kind of an uptight place. That's true. That's true, <laughs> Rhode Island for sure. As you were saying, he earlier he was talking about Boston. But yeah, but Rhode Island's the same. Rhode Island's the same as fucking Napoleon Complex to 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 Boston.
0: Yeah, but uh, you know, it's funny when I when I moved here, there was like this big uh, Boston Rhode Island beef that I don't think Boston's aware of.
1: Because they don't care. Because it's like like, who the fuck cares about those guys?
0: Yeah, and it's like what? So like the first band I was in when I moved here had a member from Boston, and the second band I was in when I moved after I moved here had a member from Boston, and so like we had like two home bases, Hmm. and we played Boston all the fucking time, we played Providence all the time, like turned in down shows all the time, you know, and then as soon as I started Party Pigs, no Boston member. Boston card revoked. Like, club bars I played a dozen times were, like, not interested. And I'm like, it's fucking serious? You know, like, bands I played with 20 fucking times, never, not giving shows anymore. Hmm. I was just like, damn. Right. Y- you don't have a Boston citizen in your ranks. That card is <laughs> revoked. We are the uh, bastard child
1: of the East Coast.
0: Yeah, it's like, like you know... Like New York's too fucking cool for you. Oh yeah. And then, and then Boston adopts that same point of view. If you don't have a, a member, apparently. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I've I have friends that live in Boston still, you know. And I'm like,
1: fuck you guys. Want to play a show? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, sorry, blood. Like, sorry, you're gonna get anywhere from Boston? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You gotta have one of our citizens or something. I don't know what the deal is. It's
1: so weird. Matt, I have to say thank you for coming. Thank you. Um, This has been so great. (laughs) No, seriously. I mean, like, to kick off the new year and, like, have someone that is so fun and just kind of, like, cool to hang out with. Because, you know, we haven't been able to hang out like this before. I don't think we've ever really spoken for more than, like, you know, 20 minutes. Yeah, definitely acquaintance level.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, Seems
0: like a nice guy. Don't know him that well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, that's right on for you. Yeah, but I love your band. Thanks, I love man. Love the new band. I uh, I love the the record. Appreciate that. Songbirds right here.
0: Perfect review. Can I put? Can I quote you for that?
1: You got it. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> and um no, seriously, I, I I really I really love the music. I've been listening to it. I've been listening to all of it. Thank you, Matt. Thank You're you for welcome. coming. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, I've had a good time. Thank you very much, sir. I ride the bus,
0: next to dad. homeless dude, and looks i, ride the, bus.
1: I ride the bus. Now downtown, $20 in my pocket and Vision is a place. psychic static production. Theme song written and performed by Jeff Robbins of the 123 Astro.